0: Clock at five. Pass is intercepted. There's a prayer. A stop it! Oh, please! What a cat! That's insane! That's insane. That's insane! The game's final play is a Wilson lock to the end zone, which is fought for by Tate with Jennings simultaneous. Who has it? Who do they give it to? Touchdown! 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 Hi, everybody. Welcome to simultaneous. I'm Josh Lapping. I'm Adam and after Rossi, and we're not playing the French Why not? We're both here for it. So? You don't want
1: to re- recap? No, you was wrong twice. You let, me,
0: you let me be wrong twice. I don't even remember what they were, to be honest. I said we'd go 6-0 and in Pals Picks.
1: Oh yeah, we were pretty bad with that one. And then
0: I said John Brown would go for, I think, 8-plus, 100-plus, and two touchdowns. and He had five catches for 83 yards and a touchdown, which was a good game, but not what I foresaw. Yeah, well, that whole game was not what I think At most all. anybody saw. But, I mean, let's be real. Fitzpatrick is prone to having a game where he plays way out of the confines of what his team's capable of. <laughs> very,
1: very true. And that's what Fitzpatrick's all about. So yeah. so here we go. We are in week eight of the NFL. Uh, obviously, the NFL regular season is 17 weeks, so you can't really have a true half. But we're pretty much halfway through already. Oh, that so sad. Time is flying, but you know what's really exciting? I thought uh, a few minutes ago. That we get to
0: sit down on Sunday and watch yes. every friggin' game. Yes, for only
1: <laughs> the second time this season. And uh, I can't wait. Yeah, It's just the simplest thing, <laughs> but amazing. So amazing. So we're finally going to get to dive in and watch football and be more intelligent about the things I we say, talk about the quality
0: of the show will improve i feel like
1: it has to you know we're yeah. not just going to be watching highlights and <laughs> reading about articles we'll actually be watching it happen live and well, have our takes so. and i'll
0: say that i mean we we kind of delved into that a little bit when we were watching the sunday night game and i was having a debate on twitter with our cowboys correspondent uh just about Dak prescott and rogers and things like that and he was mentioning that he had seen like he was explaining all of Dak's interceptions and how most of them were his fault. And I was like, something we would know had we not watched all of his throw." You know what I mean? So I, that, those are the little things like that where we can say, oh, they made this throw the point in this was scenario. Still, the point, I just want to interject, the point was still moot. It well, it, it was. But regardless, I just – I like to um, – You won that debate. No, the context says. <laughs> we won that debate. I helped out a little. Mike, if you're listening – we can't wait to have you back on the show. We'll have a, a real debate.
1: <laughs> Mike, still have the Cowboys winning, so it's okay. It's okay. So yeah, let's uh, get into some... Dive into some rave, rave recall. Yeah, you, you, go Up, no, you want you go to go first? Okay, you want me to go first? All right, I'm going to gonna I'm gonna rave a little bit about the Indianapolis Colts. You, as you should. As I should, because I picked against them. I, I was on board with Houston and Powell's pick. Uh, mm-hmm. Jacoby Brissett proved me wrong. Yeah. He had a heck of a game. But even more so than that, the offensive line absolutely crushed it. Mm-hmm. And it was so good to see... And it was good to see that Marlon Mack didn't have to run all over the field. Yeah. Really, Jacoby was in control of that game, and it was just really exciting. And you have to tip your hat to Houston as well. It seems no matter what happens with Deshaun Watson at the, the helm, they're always in it. And I don't know. I, I, I can't think of a lot of the games this thus far this season. But is that statistic about Deshaun Watson still like never losing a game by a Cause like so he, he it, willed their team back into that game, like it was close. So, so
0: barring the playoff loss, because the playoff loss last right year, to more than one possession, uh, I'd have to look. I'm gonna bring up Houston's uh, schedule right now because I think the stat that he has never lost by more than one possession is true.
1: Say so he willed their way back into like that game against Indy. They, it they, looked okay, like they so, Indy so had a really great position to just stomp
0: it down, and Houston somehow got back into it. So. They, they lost by two on opening night. Uh, they lost by six to the Panthers. They lost by seven to the Colts. Yeah, it's still true. The stat still holds true. Other than the one playoff loss Incredible. last year, Deshaun Watson and his entire football career has never lost a game by more than one. Besides. Incredible. That's very, very <laughs> cool. But yeah, uh, this I mean, is about hard. the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, I mean, so. it's hard to win a game if you're Deshaun Watson when Jacoby Brissett throws four touchdowns and no picks.
1: <laughs> and that was a game where we didn't get to really follow. I know we... I was following a little bit of the the beginning before we went to our show and there were so many things going on with their offensive line in Houston, yeah. the complete opposite of Indy where Laramie Tunsil was getting called for hold after hold yeah. after hold and I, he just needs to take a step back and realize the talent that he has. Okay, so I need to stop talking about Houston because I'm raving about the Indianapolis yeah, Colts yeah. right now. So Houston, you're on the back burner right now. So absolutely, just tip my cap to Jacoby but that offensive line crushed it. It was really great to see uh, Quentin Williams, no, not Quentin Williams, uh, Quentin Nelson get back out there because he's been injured a little bit this year. And so he was out there and just playing his brains out. I think still, if there was any doubt about him being one of the best guards in the NFL, he has really just continued to very much prove it in year two. So, cat my hat <laughs> cap cap too. <laughs> yep, to the Indianapolis Colts. So I was going to rave.
0: I was going to rave about the 49ers winning in a very ugly game, which was also kind of a really fun game. But I'm going to rant for a moment. Ooh, okay. Just a little quick moment. I'm going to rant because i ranted to you for a second, I think, about this. And I certainly ranted to somebody at work about this, about the injury of Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Patty Mahomes, my buddy. God. I – there are people – and I guess I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to broaden this a little bit. I'm going to rant about people on Twitter and fans of football who don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> Need to just sit down. Okay. Take a moment and say, do I need this to be tweeted? And then don't tweet it, regardless of what your answer is. Well, is you're... that not just Twitter in, in general? Yeah, yes, but I cannot I am I was I was sort of so sick and tired of the amount of people on Twitter saying, what a terrible coaching decision to have Pat Mahomes run a quarterback sneak when you know that he was already injured. First of all, his ankle was tweaked, right. not his kneecap. Totally unrelated. Second of all, the quarterback sneak is one of the most safe plays you can run in football. Nobody's running at anybody full speed. He's literally just falling forward trying to pick up something. And you want another quarterback who runs the quarterback sneak more proficiently than any other in history? Tom Brady. When has he ever been injured? What happened to Pat Mahomes on Thursday night was a fluke injury. You can't plan for it. It was like one out of 99 times when it happened. And I just want people to sit down and calm down for a second on Pat Mahomes. Okay? Andy Reid calling the quarterback sneak with Pat Mahomes is not the reason Pat Mahomes got hurt. Pat Mahomes got hurt because it was just a ridiculous fluke injury. And that's that. He's going to be fine. He was even on the practice field today. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's gonna, silly
1: though. So. Like, he's not going
0: to play. I mean, he, was just, he wasn't like practicing in full. He was just on the field throwing some balls. That's all. But – I'm just saying that people on Twitter need to cool off before they go at some people because before they don't understand. Because again, the quarterback sneak is run from every team at least once, if not more than once a game. And when was the last time you saw a quarterback get hurt in a quarterback sneak? It's one of the safer plays in the NFL. Nobody's running at anybody, you're just falling forward or you're jumping over the pile trying to pick it up. If anything, they're going for the ball more than you. So we can all cool off a bit. Cool off. <laughs> Little mini rant for me today. That
1: yeah, was good. That was very composed. Yeah, you know very composed. I'm
0: working on it, working on my microphone etiquette so I don't blow it out every time I work on.
1: <laughs> Now I feel like we need to like act like we're like stuffy English gentlemen uh, with our microphone etiquette. Patrick Mahomes
0: could yes. not get hurt yes. on yes. the quarterback sneak. He passed the <laughs> With yes. the at the table. <laughs> you have your tea and your pinky out. <laughs> anyway,
1: well, speaking of injuries, we have uh, one quarterback going down, but one coming back potentially. Mister Drew Brees, that's true, is throwing the football way.
0: last week. Uh, says he could return this week. Actually, I believe the quote, and I, I believe I just read that was that Drew. They asked Drew Brees, "Are you playing?" And he was like, "That's the plan, as long as everything's okay." Wow. So he did okay. say he did answer, "That's the plan," but he did also say it's up to Sean and the medical staff to say if he's okay, but he said the plan is this week they play. Okay, they so I had not heard that part yep. yet, so let's it dive went, into that. It just came out recently. So let's dive into that. How yeah. do you
1: feel about that?
0: I mean, I don't think there's any reason for him to rush back this week. I agree. Week. I think it's I a think mistake. Sh- I, I don't think he, think think he should. I take another week, but I mean, if dude says he's ready, I believe, I trust Drew Brees more than most people. If he says he's ready, he's ready. I mean, there's got to be a point where eventually you just go, right?
1: Right. there. I mean, there's a lot of different things to think about when it comes to that. Obviously, yeah. this isn't a situation where Drew feels that the team needs him. It's not like they're on a losing skid. It's
0: like, oh man, I and need to get back in And they are all against there. the Cardinals. a Cardinals team that's much better than we They want the three straight. So. But again, you know, they are at home and Teddy's been playing really well and do they have their bye week next week? I yes. believe it's week we, 9. They have their bye week next week. That was always so what I mo- imagined happening. So most people would assume he week 10. Week 10. Uh, I mean, I, I would be on that board as well but I mean, if Drew Brees says he's ready, he's ready. I do think that this is a situation where we come down to Sunday and Sean probably pulls Drew aside and says, look Drew, even if we, even if we lose this game, we don't really need you this week. Take that extra week, make sure you're healthy we need to get you your second Super Bowl this year instead right. of worrying about all this other stuff.
1: Yeah, the longevity and again I, I raved last week about Sean Payton and, and the Saints and everything. I think they only doubled that down with their performance in Chicago, which was uh yeah. Amazing.
0: Drew, Sean Payton called an option play with his fullback. Did you see that? I didn't. Oh my gosh. So it literally it was a handoff to the fullback who ran to the right and ran an option to the other back and pitched it out. It was so amazing. It was the ultimate flex by Sean Payton. He's like, oh, you guys forgot about me? Look what I can do. <laughs> That's awesome. It was so cool.
1: <laughs> That's awesome. With that being said, I, I don't know. I think tip your cap to, to Teddy for going on an amazing run. But I think the importance of Drew Brees, especially as you get in to the divisional games after the bye and getting into those playoffs, you need Drew Brees around. Yeah. No disrespect to Teddy. I think he's a great quarterback, but I don't think he's going to take them to where they want to yeah. go And if they don't win the Super Bowl. I think this is a lost season in the eyes of the Saints.
0: So I, mean, I think do you, do you not rushing. Divisional knocked out in a heartbreak. Championship game knocked out in a heartbreak. Right. So do you go to the Super Bowl and lose in a heartbreak or do you go to the Super Bowl and win?
1: <laughs> right. So I don't think you rush anything back with a throwing
0: hand of the quarterback. That's me. So, so we we'll certainly see what happens. I'm not totally against that. I was trying to bring up this play so you can see because it, it's so cool. Oh, it's right here. All right, I don't. There, I mean, the people out here are going to hear it, but I also want you to see it. It's so cool. Here we go. In the lineup, look at this call. They <laughs> hand it to line who pitches to Hill, <laughs> and he is inside the 35-yard line. Boy, you talk about drawing up the play. That's pretty good. So Zach that line. He comes down. He's he's just reading. To take some hell. How cool is that? That's pretty cool. I just again like Sean Payton has has led this team. I know that the rave about him was last week, but Sean Payton emptying the bag of tricks, winning any way he can, using all of his options, and just the ultimate flex on everybody being like, Don't forget that I'm the originator of all this stuff Heck yeah. in the NFL. Heck yeah. So so I mean I mean, I know that we love the Saints and we love Drew Brees, so we wish them the best. But you're right, I do think that he could take the extra week. But if he plays, I trust that Sean Payton injuries aren't gonna aren't gonna put him in a situation where he could get re injured. If he's gonna play today, he's gonna be ready. Sure.
1: But with just and I'll this say this to
0: wrap this up, the injury itself was a freak injury.
1: It wasn't anything where it was you just hit down. In, in, <laughs> right. So it's not really put in a position to be right. re injured. It's just something where if somebody comes and stubs a hand or stubs that finger and yeah. you know, and, and and I don't think NFL players <sighs> look to do harm to people but if you think that a defender that's rushing Drew Brees is going to try to swat at that hand well, you're I mean, crazy yeah. you know <laughs> so but maybe they don't want to face steady maybe they would rather keep Drew in I don't know I don't know <sighs> so yeah we will see if one of our favorite players returns this week I do love Drew
0: Brees anyway
1: do you have a crush it no, I was. Well, I, I was going to like make my crush in it, but it kind of was in my rave. I would, I would well, go. But, all right. But, well, I have a
0: crush in it, and it's the Green Bay Packers offense. Okay. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers is back. Although I'm one of the people who said he never left. I'm tired of the haters saying that he's not who he once was, or that he was only great for two seasons, and everybody is just letting him ride the heels of that. It's nonsense. Stop it. You sound silly. 25 and 31, 429 yards, five touchdowns, no picks, and a rushing touchdown. He did the belt. You run the belt. The discount, double check, came back. And when Aaron Rodgers does the discount, double check, you know it's done. It's over with. So I just, I mean, this offense was was roaring. It was amazing. Marquez offense scantling on 133 yards on two catches. Two catches. You know, and Jimmy Graham, all reliable, came back with a touchdown, four catches, 65 yards. Touchdown, Jesus. Jake Kumaro yeah. had a touchdown. And then Aaron Jones had a touchdown, and Jamal Williams had a touchdown. There was room for both running backs in that room this week. It's just this was what this is what the offense was supposed to look like. And I was all over it. I kept saying that, that it'll come, it'll come, it'll come. Just let them have their time. And now I don't expect this performance every week from them, but they have this capability. And it'll come out when it needs to come out for them to win games. But I just, I really, you know, they're, I really think that Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers are crushing it and they're hitting a groove here. And I think that it'll only continue in the coming weeks.
1: Yeah, no, I'm glad that you brought that up because it was something I wanted to talk about. So we're recording this on Wednesday, the 23rd, so exactly a week ago today, there was an article in The Atlantic. I don't know if you saw this on Facebook or anything, No. but there was a very well-written article about how... You paid for The Atlantic? I don't. I didn't get to actually read the entire thing. I do have The Atlantic. I got to read most of it, it which I would like to read the rest of it because I only got to read like the first (laughs) half. I actually don't know how long it is. What I did read was very good, Okay. but there was an article about... How Aaron Rodgers is washed up. I don't remember the exact. So, uh, let's just look at the headline. Make sure I'm getting this right. No longer elite. What the numbers tell us about Aaron Rodgers. That is the headline. So no longer elite. And it was really. I, it's just. I know Aaron Rodgers. That's a even, week ago. Yeah exactly. A week ago today. I know Rodgers didn't obviously see that. But I love the comments on Facebook now. That people are like well this aged well. <laughs> Three days later he has Green Bay's first perfect quarterback rating in the history of the Packers, one of the l- oldest franchises in the league. So it was really cool and it's it's just I'm I'm excited to see it continue. Now you talked a little bit about how this kind of performance isn't going to necessarily be the norm. Obviously. Yeah, right, right, right. It's just not Feasible in today's NFL, but I want to poke you a little bit more about, so they're going into Kansas City uh, this week, then yes. following week, they're char- traveling out to Los Angeles to take on the Chargers, back at home, yeah, for the Carolina Panthers, I believe is their next three games, so what do you see happening, I know San Francisco's in there somewhere as well, I can't remember exactly where, regardless, so you had Green Bay going... Undefeated in to San Fran losing that game. So it's possible that they're going to have a similar record. Do you feel like – just tell me your – how you feel about this team right now. So the next four
0: games, Sunday night against the Chiefs, I have them winning that game. Right? Okay. Following following week against the Chargers in L.A., I have them winning that game. Following week at home, the Panthers – I have them winning that game. That's gonna be a fun game. So they win their next three games in my mind, which makes them nine and one, right? Is there six and one? Yes. Or are they five and one? They're six and one. So nine and one, and then they have their bye week and then they're at the 49ers, which is where I had them losing their first game. Okay. So, so it's possible to have that similar record. So it'll be similar, I think. I just again I I feel I I feel as though and maybe I'm wrong, but listeners will call me out on that, I feel like I've been steadfast on I believe in this team and they've been my Super Bowl pick the whole way. I feel like I've been steadfast on that, and nothing that I've seen has hindered that for me. In fact, it's just increased it for me. Okay, and and, I, and and one of the biggest reasons is not just Aaron Rodgers, but that they won in a lot of different ways. They won that first week in a defensive battle against the Chicago Bears, where they battled it out, won ten to three. They won in the bike. They won at home against the Vikings. They won against the Broncos, and and then they won against the eat. Well, they lost against the Eagles, but they they. We're in a back and forth battle and they got all the way down to the goal line for a chance to, to get it back. Then they won they beat the they beat the Cowboys in Dallas, a hard place to win, even though Aaron Rodgers owns Dallas in Dallas. But they won that based off of Aaron Jones going nuts running the ball. So they know we can do that. They won in a game where luck kind of fell their way in Detroit, but they never gave up. That was that's in. a big game that too, was to in win. Bambo. That's a tough game to win. And then at home against the Raiders, a team that's been surging too, that's been pretty good this year. They went off the arm of Aaron Rodgers going nuts. So they won in a bunch of different ways. And those are the teams that go deep in the playoffs. I don't care about I don't care about, you know, advanced statistics or or analytics or anything like that in this situation. Like those are very, very important things and those stats are very helpful but when it comes down to it, who's gonna beat who in the playoffs, and I just trust That Aaron Rodgers can get it done in the playoffs like he always has. And now he finally has a defense that can make that play when he needs it to. And he's got two very good running backs in the backfield to go to. I just, nothing has hindered me. And I have not seen anything do hinder me except for maybe the wide receiver position. But they've been winning without Devontae Adams. You know what I mean? Yeah. They've won three straight here without him. And, you know, he's going to be out probably again this Sunday. But, in the coming weeks, hopefully he'll be back. And when he gets back, they're going to be even better because all these guys who weren't getting opportunities are now. So they're going to be more comfortable so that when Devontae pulling coverage, you have more trust in those guys. And, you know, anything – all this is coming up Green Bay right now as long as Devontae comes back healthy. Sure. Yeah, it's certainly going to be exciting to see what happens, especially after he
1: gets back. One thing I want to talk about real fast is – one reason I'm very proud of the team is because the last two opponents, the Detroit Lions, which we all know the debacle or whatever, right. we both have been on the similar pages. The ref yeah. did not cost them the game; they
0: cost an opportunity. An opportunity
1: yeah. So we don't know exactly how it would have played out. And the Oakland Raiders, both of those teams lost to Green Bay coming off their bye, so both oh, of big. those teams had an extra week to prepare for what the Packers are going to throw at them and the Packers who are not at full strength. Think about going into this game, obviously Geronimo Allison and Mark West Valdez scaling did play, yeah, but we're they sure. were hobbled yeah. all week. So who knows what was going on yeah. during those practices and whatnot. So just to beat those two teams coming off that extra time to prepare and I'm was reading a lot of analysis where people were picking those teams because coming off the bye you usually have the time to prepare. And there were a lot of people and that and picked
0: Oakland this week in a big. Understandably upset. so,
1: it doesn't make sense. Oakland did a great job handling the Chicago Bears over in London, and they yeah. beat Chicago pretty much <laughs> at their own game for all intents and purposes. So. Yeah, uh, things are going well with that organization right now. It's just exciting to see. I talked very early on in the season about how the offense was going to take time, and yeah. hopefully, we're finding it hit its stride here pretty soon. I am becoming a little more mildly concerned about the defense. It's extremely bend don't break, but eventually, you're going to be facing some teams here, especially I think coming up in this this stretch we talked about, where the breakage is going to be a lot easier to happen than than not. So it's going to be very fascinating to see if it's going to be that defense that held Chicago to three points or if it's going to be the one that just lets them get down to the five and picks them off. So we will see moving forward. Actually, I do want to throw a little wrench into the schedule here. I do want to talk about the Chicago Bears with you for for a little bit. So Chicago, obviously we – Got dismantled in, in Chicago by the Saints the way that we both thought it would. I don't think we saw it going this way. So right now they're 3-3. Three and three, They're third in the division. This is a team that we said we didn't think was going to reach the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Tell me about what your thoughts are on this Chicago team right now.
0: Chicago was exactly what I thought they'd be. They're exactly what I thought they'd be. You love Daryl Green right there? They are who we thought they were. That spiked, (laughs) but it was worth it. Three and three. This is exactly where I thought they'd be. I thought they'd be a middle of the pack team that just wouldn't be able to make out of a tough NFC, and they're not going to. I mean, I that I like again. The the numbers don't look horrific for Trubisky and two touchdowns, two hundred fifty yards, no picks. But he had, I believe, he had a couple fumbles. But regardless, like you know, I just garbage time touchdowns too. I believe because I think they had fifteen points in the fourth quarter. But I just – I don't believe in Mitchell Trubisky. Most people don't. So he made a joke that uh, – It was like imagine how good Alan Robinson would be if he didn't have Blake Bortles and Blake Bortles West throwing to him. I, Blake Bortles North. That, that's <laughs> hilarious. But I will also just say
1: remember the other team that wanted you, Alan. Green Bay.
0: Uh, can you just imagine how great Alan Robinson would have been had he gone to Green Bay? <laughs> uh, and it, Alan Robinson still played 10 catches, 87 yards and the touchdown last week. He played great. I just, ah, man, PSU, you're normally good at making decisions well, but, uh, ah, <laughs> Allen. Again, I just, the defense is not nearly as good because... So talk to me
1: about that, because this was a vaunted defense right. last year, and they still have the same pieces for the most part. Yeah, the There's same, a little bit of wiggle room and changes, but for the most part, it's still intact. I mean, they obviously lost their coordinator. their coordinator, and so is that is that the key? Yes. Is, Is uh, Pagano just not getting it done? And and I like
0: Chuck Pagano. He's a good coach. It's just that I I don't think he was ready to walk into all this talent and know how to use it. You know, NFL history is littered with teams that have so much talent, but they're not the right coaches to untap their potential. And Mm. they just have not been able to do it since their defensive coordinator left for, for the Broncos. And I keep saying that because I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio. Thank you. Uh, he's a great defensive coordinator. He's amazing. And so I just think that they're they're taking their lumps, figuring it out. And I do think their defense will continue to get better as they figure out the new system with Pagano. But the reality is their offense is just not there. They can't run the ball to save their lives. They uh, how much are they going to be missing Jordan Howard right now, and. Mitch cannot get it done when it needs to get done. I mean, they were down 36 to 10 in the fourth quarter. So is
1: this a reflection of Matt Nagy, a, or- Coach that we highly touted last year of being
0: uh, like rookie coach of the year. No what's going on with him and I the think, leadership I, within the team? I think it's Mr. Bisky, legitimately. I really think that if they had a better quarterback, they'd be a better team. Well, I really think it comes Mr. down Trubisky's to the Bisky's not run. affecting the the running and the I mean sometimes it, okay, but, spectacle or And this is this is play calling. This is where we get into a little bit of the debate because I think it does affect it. I think if you don't have a quarterback who is a threat, It totally affects the run game because nothing's opened up because people aren't worried about you throwing it. This is the debate that people have about Josh Allen the last two years is that, you know, if you just shut down the run, Buffalo can't do anything because he can't pass. Now, this year, he has the number one fourth quarter quarterback rating in the NFL right now because he's passing it better, and that's when we're winning games. But, like, Mitch Trubisky, when you force him to win the game, he doesn't win the game. And that's how simple it is for a team station facing Chicago right now. And that's what the New Orleans Saints did last, last Sunday. And then at the end of the game, they just kind of played back and let them take what the, what, you know, they needed just so that the time would run out. And they ended up only winning by 11. But that was game was way out of hand the whole game. Okay. So, I, again, I just – I don't know what's going to happen because do you move on from Trubisky after only three years? I think they probably need to. Or do you think that it really is the coaching staff and you move on from them after two years? I, I don't think that that's the right answer. That's not. So so we'll see what happens. And this is going to be a fascinating team to follow in the offseason. But it, it might be time to start asking, does, does Mitch Trubisky really give us the best chance to win a game?
1: All right. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. It's trade season, ladies Ooh, and gents. Oh Yeah. The deadline is um, Tuesday. Tuesday, so, so we'll, six days away. So we probably won't have an episode until after the trade deadline. We'll see everything that's happened, if more continues to happen. Right now, there have been a few uh, trades that have been pulled off. I think only three, correct? Three trades? Well, so far. I mean, So far. Right. I mean, it's relatively early. I don't think anybody expected it to happen when it did. But right. uh, Mohamed Sanu, the Atlanta Falcons, going to New England. Mohamed Sanu for a second round pick. The and then Josh Gordon was pick. placed on IR. They also are talking about potentially waiving him. So yeah, we'll, they do
0: believe that Josh Gordon's representation says they believe he'll be cleared very soon and then waived. We'll see and what happens signing on another team. Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Why is that funny? I'm want
1: so bad. I feel like that'd be such a great matchup. Emmanuel Sanders uh, got shipped from Denver over to That was a little more to complicated to, I don't know what the The San Francisco 49ers. So, the 49ers sent a third and a fourth they got Emmanuel Sanders, and I believe either a 6th or a 7th. I know it's a late-round pick in return for him. And then the one that I don't know any of the details about is... Um, is it Quinton? Qua- quadre
0: Diggs. Quadri-
1: Qua- quadre... Quadre? Quadre? Quadre. Something Diggs going from the Detroit Lions over to Seattle. So, out of those three,
0: who's the biggest winner... Um, that's a good question. I think it's San Francisco. Okay, tell me why. I think that one of the reasons that Garoppolo has struggled a little bit because I mean he's made the plays when he's needed to to win games is that he hasn't really had guys to beat man coverage when he needs it to. And Emmanuel Sanders is a beast. He's incredible, and I think this is really, really going to unlock Jimmy's potential. And when you have that. And then it opens up opportunities for the younger kids who have been struggling and, and injured, things like that. But then the running game is, is elite already. So when you add just that weapon to open it up with Kittle as well, and then you have the young guys in, in Jalen Hurd and Debo Samuel, both of them have been banged up a little bit here, but then they get to come on and be a little bit better have softer coverage. So I, w- I would probably say them. Uh, it is Quadro Diggs, by the way. Uh, just, just, uh, I was checking on that and they, the Lions sent Quadre and a seventh round pick in 2021 to the Seahawks for a fifth round pick next year. Okay. Yeah. And then the Emmanuel Sanders trade was Broncos send Emmanuel Sanders to the 49ers in a fifth round pick fifth for round. A third and a fourth round
1: pick. I didn't realize it was that high. I thought yeah. it was
0: a sixth. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for that. So. But yes, I do think it is Emmanuel Sanders to the 49ers is the best trade because I, 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 I struggle with the Muhammad Sanu trade. Because Mohamed Sanu is a good player, I didn't think second round pick player. The um, only you know, maybe uh, Gase, or, sorry case, uh, maybe McDaniel's thinks that he's going to use him as a quarterback in situations in terms of like. Oh uh, well, we know pass. that's going to happen Cause, at least once. Because Sanu, that was going to be on French Fortune this week because that Sanu would throw a pass, throw a touchdown. But I mean, because he's a, he throws a really great ball. Um, but then like again, a second round pick, and then obviously it makes more sense when they're. Moving on from Gordon and Edelman's banged up and Dorsett's banged up, so they need a guy. But still, I just, that one was a little head scratching. I get Quadre for the Seahawks, but I was always like, oh, I think Quadre has been a really good player this year for the Lions. But the Lions, it's a very Patriots move to move on from a guy because you want other times to get, the other guys to get more time. Yeah. Because you believe in them, so it makes sense. Uh, But again, the 49ers one I felt was just slam dunk for the 49ers.
1: Cool. So I, uh, I have a question for you. This could potentially be a uh, cold read, but I'm just throwing at you now since we're on the, the subject. I think more often than not, we during the trade trade deadline, excuse me, during this time of the year, we see uh-huh. the lower win percentage team shipping pieces to teams who are doing really well. Yeah. So like, think about it. So... Muhammad Sanu went to bed like what one and six and woke up seven and zero. Right. Sanders was two and six and now he's on a six and zero, right. Six and zero team. Yes, there's And, and so Detroit is two and two, three and one, two four and two, one. Two three and one went to a five and two team. So all these teams that are in tops of their divisions or pretty darn close to yep. in terms of Seattle yep. are trading for pieces. Why do you feel like teams that are seller dwellers are trying or like maybe really close to getting in there? Why aren't they the ones making the trades?
0: Oh, you, you like mean middle of the pack teams, not seller dwellers? Is any that any mean? of the above. Well, why would the dwellers that's losing s- be like, oh, I need a piece. I want to start winning. Because I, well, I, I, I mean, I think that teams that are seller dwellers, the way you say it, are just thinking, okay, let's go for the future. Okay, middle of the pack teams. I, I, you're right. I do sit there and think, why don't you guys make a move to be? This is the thing that'll get us over the hump. But I think I think the answer is that trade partners are easier to find between one and six teams and seven and no teams because you both have a need. One of you wants the high draft pick. One of you wants the player to help you push you through the playoffs, and that's just a win-win. A middle of the pack team is going to have a tough time giving up enough to a cellar dweller team as you deemed them because they don't want to give up so much that if they don't make it then their picks are too high and they're not going to get to use them or they don't want to you know they're not going to somebody who's already in it doesn't want to give up a player you know what I mean okay so so I think that it's just hard when you're in the middle for every reason possible. I think it's
1: interesting coming from a general manager mindset kind of stance. I would rather trade a player to a team that's in the bottom because they're going to be the ones that have the higher picks. So, New England, so you're like, second round pick, that's a lot. And I don't like when people are like, the end of the second round is basically a third round pick. It's not, it's still a second round pick. (laughs) But 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 for all intents and purposes,
0: bottom of the second round. Sure.
1: But if you think about it, Let's think of it this way. Let's just pretend, God forbid, that New England wins the Super Bowl again. So you get the 32nd pick in the second it in round. The it's already in the universe. You could do Miami. Like, that's one pick difference. So you get the th- first pick in the third round. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. Like, there's very little. I would rather be going like, hey, you give me a third and a fifth Miami instead of my New England second. I think that's a better deal. And that's just how I think about it.
0: But Miami didn't have Mohamed
1: Sanu. No, but I'm saying like Miami could trade for Mohamed Sanu trying to improve their team.
0: Uh, well, but it wouldn't make sense for Miami because they're tanking. It's just an example. <laughs> it's an example of the number okay, of hits. Okay, 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 I, I Totally I'm board with that. No qualms with that. So give me a team that should do something like that then. You're saying, what, what team are you looking at that that only is one or two pieces away from being able to be better?
1: Well, I think Atlanta could okay. be a team
0: where potentially like okay. a digs, they need help on
1: the secondary. Okay. If they just started tightening up that defense, we know the offense is okay. crushing it. Okay. That's a, if you get some defensive pieces that's just fair. to shore things up, they're probably maybe too far out now to try to that's get fair. back in. Maybe that's an example of why yeah. they're not doing it, yeah. but that's a team uh, you could think of. Well, what
0: about, so, so, so you're saying they're a little too far out of it. Let's look at a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars who are three and four. Okay. Why wouldn't they make a
1: move? And see, like that's something where I feel – I don't exactly know who's on the trade market this year. I feel like this is a pretty quiet year for it in comparison to years past where like, I've we've heard a lot about wide receivers and they're two of the three trades so far. Yeah. Yeah. I can't really think of something. Obviously, Jacksonville's content, at least, with their secondary after shipping Ramsey. I think maybe shoring something up like that, but they seem pretty solid across the board. Maybe getting another offensive lineman, maybe a a guard, something to play in there. Uh, They've been running really well, but if you just improve a little bit, you don't even know what it could be. Especially if Foles comes back, and you're going to want to protect him a little bit longer. He does get the ball out relatively quickly, but I think maybe yeah. can be a little nervous after coming back from the injury and whatnot.
0: That so could be something go right to target. To Foles after the injury,
1: um, that's something. That's a that's a tough question, and I don't know.
0: I know you're a Gardner guy. I
1: am a I'm a huge Gardner Minshew fan. Um, I guess we'll just see. He's re- cleared to return to practice. He's obviously not ready for game time, so there's no. still a few weeks left. I think it's going to depend. On where
0: where they're at, I mean, they, the reality is that the Jacks could be in a good position. They're playing the Jets this week, and you know, Lord knows what is going to happen with the Jets. And then they are at home against the 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 Texans, who they only lost to by one point because they went for two and didn't get it against them when they were in Houston. Yeah, and then they have the Colts, the Titans, the the Bucks, the Chargers, the Raiders, like a lot of winnable games there. If they play, they're in the mix. You know what I mean? They're they're in the hunt here. Absolutely.
1: So yeah,
0: we kind of got off trade talk a little bit, That's but okay. that was uh, an interesting okay. question. and I dig that. Uh, and yeah, I... I like the conversation there. So so let's 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 pivot here to, to more trade talk. Give me one or two trades that you would love to see that would make sense that you would love to see for a team to to either improve them or to for them to build up draft capital or a win-win for both. All right,
1: I'm going to go to the Cleveland Browns right
0: now. Ooh.
1: They need offensive line help. Another team that's And they that's sent an offensive lineman
0: to LA for a pick. They
1: did. And I think that's kind of weird. For I think it's more strange for LA to have wanted an offensive knows. lineman that can't make it on the Browns when that's clearly like one of their <laughs> biggest needs. I digress. I don't exactly know what they could package because right now they are it's funny, the last handful of years, it's like Cleveland has all the draft capital in the world, and they used it, and they've probably saved a good team for it, but then they've also made trades with yeah. the OBJ thing. They don't have the King's ransom they once had, right. so they don't necessarily have a ton of picks right now, but I think one move that uh, Dorsey should be getting on the phone, right, Dorsey? John Dorsey. Yeah, yeah, okay, I don't know why. I just totally freaked out when I said that out loud. If they're really committed to winning and turning this season around, which I think they fully are, they need to get on the phone with Washington and try to get Trent Williams yeah. up into Cleveland. I think that is one of the biggest <laughs> names that could be out there. Though they did say that Washington has been steadfast that they're not going to trade him. But. We, I mean, they also said they weren't going to get rid of their coach and right. NFL they weird. NFL is weird. <laughs> so think about, we talked last week about Brian Flores and switching in 60 yeah. times in 24 yeah, hours. Right, <laughs> That would be one of the biggest blockbuster trades I could think of this year. Now, one, this is not my idea, but I thought this was fun, and I don't know if you saw this or anything. Excuse me. This morning on Good Morning Football, I forget, it was Sean O'Hara that was on, and he said the Cincinnati Bengals should trade Andy Dalton to the Chicago Bears. What? What? And I think it's crazy, but it's fun, and it's not insane. No, it's really not. It's not I insane. You were talking about how Mitch Trubisky is the piece holding that team back. Bengals are going nowhere. We think, like, you still think that Dalton could be a piece for Zach Taylor moving forward. I, do. I don't necessarily agree with that. So if you're thinking that, it could be fascinating and fun. So I didn't have that idea. I just thought it was fun to get your reaction. To Andy this, Dalton is only 31 be. years old. He's not ancient, um, no, not at and, all. And Andy Dalton
0: has not played terribly this year. Let's just get that out of the way. His offensive line has played terribly. They haven't been able to run the ball, and it's all been on his shoulders, and that's and then their defense isn't that great either. Right. So, I mean, that's the recipe for 0-6 or 0-7. I don't know which one they They're are. 0-7. But interesting. I did see the segment because one of the other uh, – I think Peter Schrager said Nick Beasley to to Indianapolis. Ooh, that'd be fun. Which would be fun. Uh, but those are really – good. I like those a lot. I would have said legitimately I would have said Diggs or Sanders to to San Fran. That would have been one of the ones I would have said. Okay. Cuz I feel like that, that that was a home run hit for that one of them. This the one I want to say it comes with an asterisk like that that this person needs to be healthy, but somehow some way get AJ Green to the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> so, again, I I want I, I They also said so they're not trading him. So. Again, but it comes with the caveat that he's healthy. Because we want him to be healthy, but A.J. Green in a green Bay packer uniform with, with Aaron Rodgers and then Devontae Adams back healthy, is, is lethal. It would be awesome. I just, I, I, I feel so upset for A.J. Green. He's only played in a handful of playoff games, maybe three. Uh, and one of them was with A.J. McCarron that they should have won but didn't win because Devontae had perfect and he didn't want to win a playoff game. I digress, but I just, I think that one would be a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, uh I agree. That was something that I feel like we talked about a few weeks ago on air. I think with the demand of what wide receivers have gone for thus far, they're gonna that's gonna price Green Bay out of it. They're not gonna be interested in in that, especially with the injury potential. Yeah. I mean he has been injured all year, obviously this year. Last yeah. year he was injured. I think this is a very strange injury though. He's been out a lot longer than they said he was
0: going to be because right. the first initial report was, was like one or two weeks. Was not well, it? Well, the initial report was he'd be fine for week one. And then it was like maybe one or two weeks. And then it was like probably maybe a month. And then it's like no, we we don't know what. And that's so. I mean, obviously, we don't know, and we don't know what we don't know. But what, going we, through. what we do know is that is that front offices that are known for ineptitude, which Cincinnati obviously is, because they've been mediocre at best the last five to ten years. Okay are known for bungling things like this and injuries like this. So this is not surprising to me that that we don't know what's going on or the extent of it. And that's another reason why I just want the kid out of Cincinnati. (laughs) Just put him on a team that's good. Okay. I like that you called AJ Green a kid. Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) I'm like 40 years old at heart. Except when I act like a 12-year-old. But that's only in relationships. Anyway. So another move I'd love to see... Initially, I really wanted Melvin Gordon to go to Tampa Bay. Ooh, they're going to say Buffalo. But I don't want Melvin Gordon in Tampa Bay because I think they're just going to fall off here. I want Melvin Gordon to be sent to Detroit. Interesting. And okay. To, to carry on Johnson. Ty Johnson's fun, and it's a fun name to talk about with fantasy football for people who desperately need a running back. But Melvin Gordon to Detroit makes a ton of sense. And not only for Detroit to pick up a running back who is the star caliber, but for LA to ship out a running back who's been disgruntled and hasn't really helped them since he's gotten back. Yeah. And then you get Eckler and Jackson as the duo that was working for you in the first four weeks. Sure. So I think that that's a win-win move. I will say this is a counter to that because
1: I think Patricia coming from that Billichek tree where... Would trade for a running back. (laughs) Not that they wouldn't. And this maybe sounds... Unintelligent to say because Belichick has certainly made trades. We saw it with the Cooks trade, trading a first-round pick to get him, and then they obviously traded a second-round pick to get Mohamed Sanu Masu. I don't see them giving up the draft capital that LA's probably going to want from Elvin Gordon, probably. although that may have come down, especially with seeing how he's performed on the field and okay. knowing that he may not even be there next year anyways. Mm-hmm. So we'll see, especially that is a name to watch. I do see Detroit possibly targeting a running back after the injury. A name to watch out for, in my opinion, is Kenyon
0: Drake out of Miami. It'll be fun. Another one I looked at, too. I do think Kenyon gets moved. Wherever it is, I do think he does get moved deadline, Um, which would be fun. One reason I feel like that's a semi-better fit than
1: Gordon, not necessarily – obviously, Gordon is more talented. Well, you don't have to give him as much to get – but more than Drink. that, I think Kenyon Drake next year when Carry On comes back, I still think this organization is a believer Kill in a Carry on. on. Injury history is becoming a little alarming, but he's a great complementary back true. to what Carrion does. And he's got the speed to to do that. Very much so. So I will say
0: somebody who's been great with trades is your fantasy football GM, Adam Rossi, because he had Melvin Gordon about half of his legs. And he was able to ship him off for potential trades before he even came back. So I have Melvin Gordon in one league still, and I'm just holding on to him, see what happens. My team's really good in that league. Actually, I was able to build around other stuff, but, uh, I shipped Melvin Gordon off real quick when everything happened.
1: I too have Melvin Gordon. I have him in two leagues now that I think about it. I have the one that I accidentally bid on him when I was on stage in a in an auction draft. And then I did draft him once in a – there's an eerie theater people yeah. league. You draft him late? I draft him like in like the 11th round. Which is worth it. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: So, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I would say just a little one more, more. I Initially, I was on the Buffalo Make a Move trade. Now, I'm not. Tell me why. I don't want them to make a move. I want them to stay the course. Okay. So we have done a great job of shipping off, shipping the, the, this this whole uh, McDermott, Bean era started off with shipping off terrible contracts, bringing in uh, bringing in younger talent, a, a, a mix of very young talent and veteran players to help mold that talent and keep the, the unit together. Okay. Um, and then building draft capital to use and get our quarterback. We did all of that. And now we're five and one and we're probably going to win even more games than that. We are on a great track and still have amazing capital for next season. And one of the top caps for next season. I don't want us to trade for an expiring contract or trade for a guy who has so much money that we may not be able to use except for this year. So I'm on the track that we're ahead of schedule right now. I don't think that we were like, again, I picked us to win the division this year and I still think that we have a great chance to do it. Sure. Um, but I think that we're a little ahead of schedule, and I think that it would be a mistake to ship off the capital that we've built up just because we think that we're Super Bowl contenders this year, which I don't think we are. Okay. So I, I want us to stay the course next year, get an even better draft, and then maybe next year's deadline, if we are right there with the talent, then maybe you make that big deadline move. But I, I-, I think that Bean's going to stay put. If I say that, and then ten, two minutes later, we trade we for Stephon Diggs, and I'll be like, "Yeah." So is that would that have been the big player that, that you see? I would love, I would love Diggs. I would also love uh, Vic Beasley would be amazing. I would love a pass rusher. Okay. I do think we could use a pass rusher because we don't what we do in Buffalo is we play a lot of zone uh, and then combo man, so that Tradavius White can guard your best receiver, and then the rest of the guys can help out, but. We do, We haven't been able to generate a great pass rush. So I would love a pass rusher. Okay. You away with your phone and I feel like you're gonna be like, "They just made a trade." No, I don't. I don't have that. <laughs> but yeah, I don't. I don't. I also don't really foresee. I don't want one. I don't foresee one. Okay. I feel like Sanders would have been a good target. He was gone, and then other than that, I haven't really seen anybody that's been like, oh, yeah, that that would be a great move." So. All right. Cool. 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 Yeah, all right, my friend. Should be an exciting deadline. I hope that at least one massive trade happens. I do think Sanders is kind of a big trade. It is a relatively big trade. But I I, I kind of hope one more happens, just for fun. feels like it never really does, though. (laughs) No, not really. Unless you're GM lapping in Madden. And you make a big trade every friggin' week. Yeah, that's pretty true. It's so weird, because I feel like I'm the one that blows up my team when we play Madden, but I haven't really done anything massive. I would say well, you're right. I've
1: actually done a lot of transfers. At least I'm the one who normally has a
0: different quarterback every week, and I've had the same. I have, I have not had no because even when Lamar's got injured, he's been okay for the next week. So I've never had a different starting quarterback than Lamar Jackson. And I don't think they need to hear about us, regardless. It's not for cold event. reads. <laughs> cold reads. For, yeah. Okay. <laughs> We're workshopping that. So do you have any other cold reads?
1: Yeah, I do have some things to talk about. I know I threw a lot out at you for the sake of conversation. So, NFL.com Cynthia Freeland, who is very, very talented and very good at what she does, very analytical, had an article today come out talking about how the Jets are a breakout team moving forward. So, two weeks ago when the Sam Donald returned, you bravely picked them to win against Dallas and the team crushed it. Then on Monday night, a few nights ago, we just completely saw a collapse. The famous audio about Darnold seeing ghosts, which the organization is not happy aired. It's their fault. They can... Yes, I understand. We don't need to get into our communication and media debate uh, for the two guys that studied communication for parts of their college career. Which Jets team is the real team? The one we saw against Dallas Or the one that just looks completely inept against New England? The one
0: we saw against Dallas, I do believe that. Tell me why. I do believe that. I think that as much as I have hounded the Pats, the Pats are one of the best teams in football. And I think that they came into Monday night and they just were not prepared. And I think they were riding a little bit too high after their victory against the Cowboys. I don't think the Cowboys are as good as people think they are. Uh, and, and it just, it, it was tough. I mean, what are they, one in five now? One Mike of, just tweeted you. Oh, yeah. I'm I right. wanted to let you know. Are they one in five this now? It's going to give you
1: that much time for him to
0: hear you say that. Okay. We're not even on air. <laughs> after he hears it. Oh, okay. Then it's going to be about four seconds. Actually. Okay. But regardless, l- let me read you off the next five games for the, for, or even plot, six games for the, for the Jets. Okay? okay. Jaguars, Dolphins, Giants, Washington, Oakland, Cincinnati, Dolphins. This next seven games, okay. Theoretically, they could win all seven of those games. They could. They could. I, I don't think they will, but they could theoretically go to eight and five in the next seven weeks, and I and I would not be shocked if it happened. Okay. I don't think it's going to, but again, they they have a very soft schedule coming up. I think they're a good football team. They're not a great football team. They're not a very good football team. They're they're a good football team. They have pieces. Landon Bill is still one of the better backs in the league. Robbie Anderson's a pretty good receiver. Chris Herndon, the tight end, will be back. Maybe. Sam Donald's a good quarterback. He just is, He's just a young quarterback. And the stat of Bill Belichick against quarterbacks 25 and under is 26 and 0. Wow. I hope you know is that. Is that true? Yes. Bill Belichick against quarterbacks that are 20, 20 – uh, he's 26 and 0. So, like, Bill Belichick has made an entire career – off of making young quarterbacks look silly. I'm not shocked by this at all. I I just – I think that they're, the Jets are a lot better than that. I think it just got out of hand, you know, and that happens sometimes. Okay. And I don't think that it's, it's much to get up in arms about legitimately. I'm going to double-check on that stat, by the way, so I make sure I don't look stupid. Yeah, that's okay. Uh to throw in New England in. in, in, in uh, New England. in New England. Okay, I was going to say, that seems so like then, pretty... So they were in New York, but in New England, quarterbacks under 25 in New England is 26 and 0 since 2001, which is when Belichick took over. We have that compliments of, of, of Charlie, the, the Pats correspondent. He tweeted about it. <laughs> Perfect. Although he's not listening to the show, so... Yeah,
1: you know... Want to throw one of yours at me, or do you want me to go two in a row? Go ahead. All right, so last Thursday night, all the drama surrounded the injury to Pat Mahomes, and obviously so. That's the reigning MVP, and we don't know necessarily how long, especially when it was live, what the injury was going to look like or the repercussions of it. I want to go on the flip side and talk about Denver, because this is a team that they came out on that first drive. They had smash-mouth football, scored... I was actually a fan of them going for two. I think you were as well. They obviously didn't get it. I was. But that team derailed throughout the course of the night, and they had every reason to win, especially after a momentum change of your starting MVP quarterback going down. It looked to me like Denver gave up. They stopped playing, especially on the part of Joe Flacco, and that doesn't make me necessarily happy because I've, for the most part, been a big supporter of Joe Flacco. Talk to me about your feelings about that organization. And we talked earlier about Vic Fangio, and you said he's a great defensive mind. Is he not head coach material? This team just does not look to be doing well. And we can talk about all the things where they were close in games early on. But after that showing on Thursday, I'm I'm not impressed.
0: I think they have a game in four days. I think Drew Locke comes back, and you play Drew Lock. Again, I, I think that the that, that Denver still has a ton of pieces on defense. They need to add some more, obviously. Uh, I think their secondary has diminished a ton. It's aging. They still have the pass rush, though. Uh, obviously, it hasn't been as successful this year, but they still have that talent.
1: Well, Chubb going down also
0: hurt. Right. But I, I think that they're, they're out of it this year, and I think that they build towards the future, and I think that Drew Locke's going to be a good quarterback in this league, and I think that – uh, he's not going to be ready this week because he's not going to be back from injury. But either whether it's the the Browns Broncos on November third or after their bye week on November seventeenth against the the Vikings, I think that we see Drew Lock the rest of this year and we see some promise. I think that's what it's just boiled down to. And they're just having a bad year. I mean, they we look at their schedule too, though. They they had games that they were in. I mean, Week one they only lost by eight. That week two they lost by two in that incredible game against Chicago. Yeah, they were in it with Green Bay for for a while. Yeah, you know, and then they lost by two points to the Jaguars. Are an incredible drive by Minshew at the end of the game. You know, you lost by seven, or you beat L A Chargers by seven in L A, and then you you beat the the Titans 16 Then so again, like they're not a bad football team at all. I think they just had a bad year and an unlucky year. And I think that Joe Flacco is just not the answer. I, I he hasn't been bad, but he hasn't been great. Sure, he's been okay. You know, he's been your average Joe. <laughs> so I just think that it's just a lost season for for Denver. I think that they get healthy, they reload next year with Drew Locke, and I think that they they're a much better football team next year. Okay, I just think it's that. I really do think it's that simple. All right. Anything else?
1: We can shift over to you. All
0: right. My first cold reads a fun one. If the season ended the day, this would be the playoff picture. The number one and number two seed in the AFC would be the Pats and the Chiefs, respectively. And then the wild card round would feature the sixth seed Houston Texans traveling to the Baltimore Ravens, the third seed. And then the fifth seed Buffalo Bills traveling to the fourth seed of the Indianapolis Colts. Give me one team that doesn't make it. And one team that's a lock, other than the first two seeds.
1: All right. Well, or other than the Patriots, let's just say other than Patriots.
0: <laughs> other okay. than the Patriots, give me one team out of those other, uh, out of those other five that's a lock, and one that's a dropping out.
1: All right, uh, well, I think the lock is going to be um, the Baltimore Ravens there. Okay. because I think they have the pieces that they need to to win the division, okay. which is obviously the quickest way to get into the playoffs. Yeah, I don't see a threat from Cleveland. Obviously, Cleveland went into Baltimore, and they smashed him in the mouth, but as a <laughs> whole, it's, they're just a better team. They've got better. We talked about trade and all the deadlines, but we didn't even talk about Marcus Peters going to Baltimore and he had a great play. Against, week, and
0: again it was huge
1: a great play against the uh, the Seahawks to just continue to put the foot down in Seattle so that's the team that I think is a lock so the other team or question it was a, a team dropping out yep I mean it has to be right now in my opinion one of the AFC South teams just because okay. I think it's hard to get those two teams in there. With that being said, I don't necessarily know. I don't. So, 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 are
0: you saying that because you think it stays this way?
1: I think it could be pretty darn close. Okay. I so think the only other team that could possibly get going in to in the
0: hunt. I think there are two
1: teams that, for me right now, could turn it on and get in there, and that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. We okay. talked about that. Okay. And this is gonna another NFC South team. This is gonna right crazy division, which is exciting because for so long it was kind of like a not that great division. Seems dumb to say, but I still believe in the Chargers. They have okay. so much talent, okay. and they just aren't putting it together right now. Okay. They could go on one of those runs. We talked about this just a few days ago where they put it together. And they, they do just it all on the this time. Crazy run. <laughs> Maybe it's going to be a little bit too late right now, but they're still – I, we talked about it being mid-season right now. There's still so much football to be oh played. Oh my gosh! And so yes. much is going to happen. The most important
0: football is still yet to be played.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm not counting them out. I think they just had the veteran leadership where if they get together and Anthony Lynn, who I think we both agree is a pretty darn good yes. head coach, yes. just puts it together and they stop having these unlucky breaks. Last week's loss was just they. Um, I forget who all said the way it down the goal line multiple no one's times. Well, and they, they got in, on, and there was a penalty. A, yeah, they yeah. had the touchdown, and it got called back. And then they went, and I think they had another one. They won. There was a, the headline was, we won on the field twice. We just didn't get to. That wasn't the headline. But that's, but that's what happened. They had the game. They just didn't get to
0: ultimately put it together. Well, the schedule does not get any easier as they are at Chicago, at home for the Packers, at Oakland, at home for the Chiefs, at Denver, at Jacksonville, home for the Vikings, home for the Raiders and at Kansas City. Yeah, that's does a not get any easier. Tough for the schedule.
1: Chargers. And uh, they, yeah, you're absolutely correct in saying that. I will say, though, if they do hope to be a playoff contender, those are the teams you need to beat. Oh, and without if they a doubt. Do, I mean,
0: I, I was going to say, the teams they need to beat are ahead of them. They need to beat the Raiders because they're ahead of them. They need to beat the Jacks because they're ahead of them. And they need to beat the Chiefs because they're ahead of them, too. So. And if they
1: do end up pulling that off, you feel really good about your chances in the playoffs. Oh, without a
0: doubt. I mean... All right, so my second gold reading is the same thing. It's just for the NFC. So let's right, talk let's about the NFC. like a picture. bad picture. We've got the first seed being the 49ers the second seed being the saints and then we've got vikings as the sixth seed playing green bay and then the seahawks are the fifth seed playing the cowboys so looking at this picture give me a team that's a lock and give me a team that is going to drop out a much tougher task here with all of these teams in the hunt for the nfc absolutely so my
1: lock right now is the Saints. I think they're in the perfect position. They're 6-1. and one. They withered an enormous storm from Drew Brees going down. And it's going to be very, very fascinating to see what happens after the bye week. I talked so much about how the, the divisional games start heating up for that division right then and there. But I think getting Drew Brees back is going to be huge. That defense is just phenomenal. I think... Probably one of the best defenses that we're not talking about. I don't think people... I think everyone's so caught up in the magic that Teddy Two Gloves has brought and Drew Brees coming back that one of the very first scores of the Chicago game was a safety.
0: Yeah, it was. (laughs) So
1: this phenomenal defense. Getting all those pieces and they just have the coaching staff. Don't need to beat the horse over the head anymore with that. I think the team that probably falls out of it is going to be one of the wild cards so i'm looking right now at minnesota and minnesota is a very fascinating team because the first the last two weeks they've looked unstoppable and kirk cousins has turned it on and everything and all is good and well in minnesota right now and they're probably going to win tomorrow night i don't know how you feel about that but i feel like even without adam Thielen, they're probably just a better team it's a game i wanted to talk about but we didn't get to it's
0: okay
1: it's a revenge game within revenge a revenge game. game within a revenge game <laughs> We're gonna talk about that in a hot second, because I actually really, really want to.
0: So that's probably the team I look at right now. Okay, so if Minnesota's out looking at in the hunt, the Panthers at four and two, the Rams at four and three, the Bears at three and three, the Cardinals at three, three, and one. And then the Eagles at three and four. You can even throw the Lions at two, three and one. Which, which one of those? I mean, there's there's five, six teams there that theoretically are one to two games out of this.
1: This one's hard. This one's very, very hard because it's coming down to three right now. I'm going to narrow it down to three, and okay. then maybe I'll narrow it down to two from there. It's the okay. Carolina Panthers, okay. the Los Angeles Rams, All right. and the Philadelphia Eagles. okay. The Eagles, for everything that happened and the just stinker that they put up on Sunday night. They're three and four, and this is a this is a conference, the NFC, where ten wins might not be enough, but they can definitely get on a run to get something like that. So we're definitely gonna have to see. I'm so not counting the Eagles. I want to put a
0: pin of the Eagles because it's one of the Pals picks, and I don't want you to tip your cap on how you feel about that game this, okay. this week. Yet. Okay. Uh, so I just want to real quick before we move on to our next segment, tell me why you skipped over skipped over the Cardinals. We talked a little bit about the Bears, but tell me what about the Cardinals makes you? I mean. They've won three straight. Absolutely. They're three, three, and one. Their offense has figured it out a little bit here, and their defense has been pretty solid in terms of closing out games. So just tell me why you skip over the Cardinals. The reason I skip out over the Cardinals is because you do have to tip your cap to the Cardinals.
1: Going on a three oh run the last three weeks is in yeah. the NFL is very, very difficult and it's you gotta just give kudos to them. But they're still a very young and experienced team. They are a team that were Oh, 03 and 1 the first month of the season and i think you're going to experience those things with those young teams the inexperience of coaching staff you're going to see the ebbs and flows and i just don't think right now in a in a conference that's as difficult as this one you're going to see a team be able to go through ebbs and flows it's going to take extreme consistency
0: my my answer would have been because their next 3 games are at the Saints home for the 49ers at the Bucks and then at the 49ers <laughs> <laughs> They're play the 49ers twice in the next four weeks, and the Saints once. So, well, there you go. There
1: can be, but
0: that our
1: answers really do mesh. Right, right, together.
0: right, 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 right. I'm just saying. But I, It's exciting, the Cardinals. I did That was one of my bold predictions, that the Cardinals would win eight games this year. So we'll see what happens. Maybe, maybe they go 7-8 in one, and that just upsets <laughs> me. But regardless. All right, so uh, our next thing is some Pals picks. So do you want to talk about briefly about... Thursday Night Football before we go to Palace. Place. I do want to do that
1: because this game is so, so juicy. I'm really and actually, like, if I did have more kind of cold interested. reads for you, I would have thrown these at you. But. I'm interested that you're saying this because I don't think it is. Really? Why? So you tell me
0: why it is. Beca- well, well, first of
1: it. all, it's the Revenge but, Bowl. So we have two starting quarterbacks. One lost his job already this season. You know what I forgot? I forgot about Case Keenum. (laughs) So there's Case Keenum going against Minnesota, the last quarterback to get them into the playoffs. Then we have Kirk Cousins, the guy that Washington didn't really want, but kind of wanted him to give him the franchise tag. They went and signed. A $100 million fully guaranteed contract, something we've never seen before going back. Then let's not forget about Adrian Peterson going back to face Uh the team that he's made his career with. So there's so many different things going on. So we're going to get to see truly who gets the last laugh in this sort of way about the quarterback decision. Because remember, Minnesota let Case Keenum, who got them into the playoffs, won a playoff game off the miraculous maybe fluke play depends on how you think about it to get Kirk Cousins who hasn't really got to do a whole lot of anything in his time. So there's just, so I think so many juicy storylines storylines
0: are great. I just wish that Washington was better than one. Oh, of
1: sure. You're is it, is it really going to live up to a great hype? Probably not. I'm not actually a huge fan of Thursday night games at all. If, I mean, obviously obviously I'll watch them because I love football. Right. I'm on the bandwagon of, we got rid of this, it'd be okay. Yeah, I think it's yeah. very hard for teams, especially for a traveling team. You have just a handful of days to get ready. You see a I, lot of injuries come. They just don't have time. Regardless, I think that's was, a soapbox I think for another day. I think it
0: was Max Kellerman a first take, maybe. It could have been somebody else. I, I, I brought this up on the show before, but i bring it up again. I would love them to do this where Thursday night is rivalry night. It's a double header and it's two divisional games back, back to back. Wow. I think that'd be so much fun. Whether it's the same division or not, I think that'd be so much fun. Thursday night is rivalry night. You make you make the like a, like a six o'clock game. It's one division game, and then at uh, you know whether it's 830, 9 o'clock, another divisional game. Boom, you go back to back. You go off. I just think that'd be so much fun because division games, no matter. No matter what record is, or always I mean, we just saw that about the Bills and the Dolphins last week. The Dolphins are have are winless, and the Bills were 4-1, and, and it was still a, a decent game. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we, we see that all the time, where there's teams that shouldn't really be in contention with other divisional rivals having a great game, and I think that that would be so cool. And then you also have ones that everything's on the line, because they're both good. So I just think that that'd be a lot of fun. So
1: Adam, it would be fixing, more fun. There's an... It would be more fun if the Redskins were better, bless you, than their record, but there's just I feel like there's so many cool things, elements. You're right though, there are a lot of fun
0: stories. And the reality is I might be start- oh, I might be starting our dinner's ready major pieces. Alright, well so let's hope that the Thursday night is better this week. But probably won't be. Well, that's right. It's time for Pal's Picks! Oh yeah, we suck. Yeah. <laughs> we well you know you but again, we give each one. other the yeah. hardest you games you 2 and 1 I would like I hope that people that listen to our show do not think we're terrible at picking games sometimes we are but the reality is we give each other the hardest games I really next season I would really love us to get more social media engagement and do like the the, the fans do a Pals Picks, too, so that they have a record so we can see, you know what I mean? But regardless, uh, so it's my, we both, I went 2-1, Josh went 1-2, we were tied at 8-10. and 10. Yes, we are. I'm excited, so nice. I'm going to go first and give you your games. All right. First up, the Jets are traveling to Jacksonville. That they are,
1: and this could be a, this game could go either way. Honestly, yeah. it could. I'm gonna go with the home team of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Gonna go keep riding uh, Minshew magic. I just believe that Leonard Fournette's gonna have a good day. If he didn't get stuffed at the one last week, we don't necessarily know how that game would have turned out. I yeah. think that was a big momentum shift. I think he's probably going to run fairly well against this Jets team, although their defensive front has definitely improved. But uh, Michelle got going a little bit, and I think Fournette's a better running back at this particular moment than Michelle. Going to okay. go with the home team. Okay, I'm going to skip over
0: the, the, second one, the second one that I have written because I want you to do the last. Panthers at 49ers. This,
1: I think, is one of the best games of the this week and one I'm very, very excited to watch. This game, I think, has huge potential for both teams and huge implications, I guess I should say. I'm going to go with the Carolina Panthers. That's oh! where my heart says to go. My head says to go with the home team of the 49ers. But I'm going to go with the Panthers. Okay. Think...
0: Did, they, did not expect that. Yeah.
1: Well, that's what we're going with. I think. I thought I had correctly
0: predicted all three of yours, and I was wrong. Yeah? Ooh,
1: well, fascinating. Throwing, throwing you for a loop here, Rossi. Right now, the 49ers, they're 6-0, and you have to tip your cap to them. Okay. Going undefeated to start your season is a huge accomplishment, and they have beat some very serious teams. Yeah. I didn't expect them to beat the Rams, and they did. This is a team where I think the Panthers aren't – the Rams just looked bad against the 49ers. I don't think Carolina is going to look bad okay. against doing that or okay. against this defense. And I think Christian McCaffrey is going to be one of the biggest challenges they face faced a, at a running back very position. They're very, very good, but they haven't faced a running back of this caliber that's healthy. Maybe you could make the argument about Todd Gurley, but he's been injured and hasn't been the same Todd Gurley that we've known for the past handful of years going to go with the Carolina Panthers. I think this is a huge statement game, and I think this could possibly, more likely than not, be the game that Cam Newton loses his starting career with the Carolina
0: Panthers. We'll see. It could have already started. So then we'll go to the one that I'm the most worried about, the Eagles traveling to Buffalo.
1: So now
0: I'm intrigued as to who you thought I
1: was going to pick for this game. I think this is the toughest game for me. You did give me a, a... Doozy of a docket here. Doozy of a docket. I like that. Doozy of a docket. You would decide if you have it. I mean, I'm still going back and forth because, I mean, obviously, I want to sit here and root for you with picking the Bills, and the Bills are the home team, but I think Eagles are just so angry right now about how they got shellacked on Sunday night. This is a kind of team where I don't think. I don't think Buffalo is sleeping on anybody, but I don't know if they're necessarily prepared for what Philly's going to bring to them. Okay. And as long as Philly's defensive front line, which did almost nothing against Dak Prescott, but they're very, very good. If they rattle Josh on a little bit to make him make those mistakes, maybe that makes up for a little bit of the weak secondary. That could be a great team we're talking about. Being in the middle of the pack, needing to, to have a trade. Yeah. I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles. I, I, I did think I did think you'd pick. Philadelphia. Not rooting for the Eagles, and I mean, rooting for your Bills with you oh, as we're watch. watching. But uh, that's just where where my gut takes fair. me. So. Fair enough. Yeah,
0: I the one I didn't think you were going to go with was Panthers. I guess I figured the other two though. So
1: all right, throw it over to you. Are you ready? Yes. We have two the these are easy for me. Los Angeles Chargers traveling to take on those. Chicago Bears, two teams that haven't lived up anywhere near the expectations that people would talk to them. Yeah. Which one starts ready the
0: ship this week? I don't wanna pick this game just because it's st- I think it's a stupid game. Because both <laughs> teams are both teams are not that great. But we're both believers that the Chargers can go on a run if they're going to. They have to win this game. So I'm picking the LA Chargers. I just don't believe in Mitch Trubisky at all. I really don't. If I I liked Trubisky early on. I liked what I saw in on of the playoff game last year. But I'm buying know to the regression. It's what we both predicted, and I just think it just continues. And I think that that Philly Rivers gets it done. God. <laughs>
1: All right, the New York Giants traveling to take on the Detroit
0: Lions. I want the New York Giants to win so that they can stay in the conversation for the NFC Eats since that Mike can lose his mind. But it's going to be the Lions. The Lions finally right the ship here after on a two-game skid. Uh, Three-game kid. if I'm not mistaken, because they were 2-0-1, right? Yeah, three games in a row they've lost. I thought they'd break the ship last week against Minnesota. Uh, they did not. They do it this week.
1: Certainly gave a heck of an effort, though. Last but not least, the Cleveland Browns traveling to take on. Those New England Patriots. So,
0: how many times are you going to come on this show and make me pick a Pats game knowing that no, all I want to do is pick against them? Have Pats? I done that very often this year? Uh, I don't think I have. I'm well, just I think saying. think that's a
1: faulty accusation, many, my friend. How many
0: times? I mean, you did make me pick Once? Those,
1: the yeah, well, obviously, I didn't make you talk about that uh, game. That's the
0: only Pats game I gave you this the, year. Get thing. out of here
1: with that garbage. I don't want
0: to pick Pats games anymore. Can we just kind of mulligan into a different Pats game? No, play? you cannot. I'm picking the Cleveland. I don't think that's a crazy pick. Uh, I think that it is a crazy pick my I friend think at all that that the biggest weakness of the Pats is when they don't give Brady enough time to get the ball off. And we saw when they played Buffalo, Buffalo got in his face and he had one of his five worst games. And I think that Miles Garrett gets to Tom Brady and he rattles him a little bit and I think that Baker and Freddie had a whole week off to to game plan for this game, and I think they scored just enough to win. Again, I I don't want to pick Pats games. I don't want people to think that just because I'm on Bills fan that I'm going to pick against the Pats because I think they're they're, they're they're the Pats. They're one of the best teams in the NFL. They're the team to beat until somebody beats them. And I don't think this makes the Browns the team to beat. I just think that this is the perfect matchup for Cleveland to get right.
1: All right. I don't think that's a crazy pick okay. at all. Okay. I'm glad um, that you don't think so no <laughs> not at all I feel like this is there's a lot of great games on the docket this week there are. Very, I'm just excited to be home yeah. and to watch but I think this could be really be one of them with that being said it's probably going to be like 45 to 12 <laughs> New England because Cleveland's not going to put it together but they should I will absolutely say absolutely should there
0: are only three afternoon games this week and it's Panthers at Niners Raiders at Houston and Browns at Pats so it'll be on TV there we go There we go. So, Adam's been pretty bad with friends' fortunes here. And he missed two last week. And he missed another one on the Bills. And he has never gotten one right about the Bills. And he doesn't like talking in third person, so he's going to switch now. I'm going to get this one right, and we're going to get it right about the Bills. The Philadelphia Eagles secondary is not good In fact, it's one of the worst in the NFL. We just talked about it. So I say Josh Allen sets a career high for passing touchdowns this week. He had three in week 17 against the Dolphins last year, the game that Josh and I went to. This week he has four against the Eagles.
1: So I'm a little alarmed because Adam just told me that when I do my friend's fortune, he hides in the closet in our bathroom. There's shelves in there. Does he, like, crouch down? I don't know. Anyways... My friend's fortune is that five running backs this week are going to rush for multiple touchdowns. I just feel like it's going to be a really big running back type of weekend. Five running backs go for multiple touchdowns. Saquon's at least one of them. I do think Christian McCaffrey is going to be one of them. Nick Chubb's going to be one of them. And there's going to be two wild cards. Those three and two others are
0: going to rush for two rushing touchdowns this week. So we didn't queue up the friend's fortune. Obviously, we just went right into it. But that was friend's fortune. Oh yeah, you're right. Regardless, Josh and I are on a quest. We are. This Europe. is very serious. We're on a quest to get a certain super fan on simultaneous catch, and we really need your help. If those of you who, if there are those of you out there who have not seen this, this was <laughs> this will certainly be tweeted out on the simultaneous catch Twitter. But we love this man. Love him. He's a he's a Philadelphia superfan. If you did not see this, it was on Philadelphia's local channel after the Dallas Cowboys game this past weekend. And it's hard to do without seeing the video, so we will tweet it out, but the audio is good too. His name is Monty, we think G. It's GG. Could be G, could be, if, G, could G. be G, G, but G we're going to say Monty G. And we if you can find him, I have been looking for him. Has I a, can't find he has
1: he has a like a super fan Facebook page. Okay, so I... But I it hasn't been active in the last okay, few years. I didn't look
0: on Facebook. I looked on Twitter. I can't find him. So help us out. We need to get him on the show. If <laughs> we're going to play the audio here and then you can look at the video later. But here's Monty G after the game. The answer I talk so-
1: There's so much to unpack I from love this him video. So much. We will we will share oh, that on our social media. I
0: love him so much.
1: Uh, I do too. I really I really want
0: to talk to him. He's got he's got this little eagle's hat on that has a bird on it, and she said you want to flop that. So like, he flips a switch, and the, and the eagle bird starts to flap, and he starts
1: crying. He all he's he's hurting.
0: Flying, fly, no fly. chance for, for now. For
1: now, which is an odd thing to say. I don't... It was two years ago. Yeah, that doesn't even make sense. I mean, this is an old video, and we're just getting it old. I, don't I know. hope it's not. <laughs> I hope that is from. I feel like it is from Monday Night. I don't know. But regardless, I Monty, we're gonna find <laughs> you. We're going to get you on the show. We want to talk yeah, some we eagles. Wanna, we want to
0: talk some eagles. So. And
1: we can mourn a potential loss together against the Bills, or we can celebrate and, and it. here's the thing.
0: Here's the thing. I don't want anybody to think that we're laughing at him because we think he's silly. No. We are genuinely, I love this man. Because- I am this man. <laughs>
1: we, we so much relate- the first thing oh, that yeah. I when when Adam sent me this video, yeah. the first thing I said is he has this amazing childlike yeah, innocence, innocence to it. I just
0: want to give him a hug. Me too. He's
1: just so cute. Like it, it, it's, you'll understand if you haven't seen the video. If you do <laughs> see the video and you don't understand, you're going to think we're weirdos, but you're but the weirdo. No,
0: but so we're on a quest, simultaneous catch to get Monty G, the Philadelphia Super Fan on our show. So please help us by retweeting, finding him if you can, tagging him just, just hashtag Monty G, Philly Superfan, whatever. Something. Something. We're going to get him. Yeah. All right. Yeah. With that, right. you have any uh, tidbits or anything, Dad, before no, we wrap tidbits, it up? No, tidbits. Just make sure you check out the Pocket Podcast Network. Uh, Josh and I will be hosting the Sorted Podcast. We will God. be doing our darndest. It'll be a lot of fun because I'm a... Harry Potter, then you, you're not really – I don't that at all. So it'll be fun. I've i think the first four. So we're either going to sort NFL starting quarterbacks or the NFL mascots. I think the mascots Ooh. is kind of fun. Okay. So we're going to do that. That'll be fun. And then uh, our show will be hosted by Them's the Facts, although I think one or both of us will be on that episode. Okay. I think what we're going to do is we're going to do Them's the Football Facts, and we're going to do Crazy Football Facts because there's certainly a lot of them. Cool. So that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, make sure you check out Josh's o- other okay. podcast, Topic Hat. It's pretty cool. Make sure you also check out a new podcast from yeah. a friend of ours, JJ Hodges, for comic junkies. He's got a new comic book podcast coming out of this on Spotify. I will be on an episode talking yeah. about uh, Hamlet and Arrow, so that'll be fun, and there's Shakespeare ties into comic books as well, so that'll be fun. Other things to check out? Um, yeah, no. All right, so just uh, enjoy week eight. It'll be great. Anything else? We're excited to. Just be fans again. Absolutely. God bless everybody.